Hi, guys, and welcome to the Improving Always podcast. Uh, this week, we are going to talk about the path to pro. So, you know, everything that you should know um, on your way to, you know, playing soccer uh, at the highest level you can possibly play at. And that really is where I want to start this topic because I see so many athletes with the idea that, you know, all I have to do is sign my first professional contract or all I need to do is, um, you know, get to that level and then I'm set. And I think that's the wrong goal to have. I think that having the goal of going pro is not the way you want to go. I think that your goal if you are serious about soccer or really any sport should be to play at the highest level that you can possibly play at, not necessarily to go pro. Um, because I think that one, it takes a lot of the, uh, the pressure off. And then also, um, you know, it's, uh, there's a, it's just, you're not going to make millions and millions of dollars unless you're way, way at the top. Um, and I just think that rather than saying that you want to make money off this, I think that if you're really in this for the love of the sport, um, and you're just a competitive person, it's more about, you know, playing soccer at a high level, uh, and enjoying it. I think that's the, the thing that you should be focused on rather than going pro. <laughs> uh, I can also add into something like that. I did like a TikTok post about it like two days ago, which is like, 45% of players make like less than a thousand dollars USD at the pro level. And I don't get where like people that want to go pro come with the idea that uh, going pro in any sport is the best way to make money. Like, I don't know where that stems from because the only ones that are making the huge bucks are like the one 0.111%. Yeah. Well, everyone thinks they're exceptional, right? Yeah. Everyone it's, thinks it like stems from, Stems from Noblet, you know, we all see him and we're like, damn, I really wish I could be That's like true. that. Look at the That's lifestyle he's living. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it, it comes from most people's exposure to professional sports is what they see on TV. And let's face it, with most sports, what we see on TV is exclusive, exclusively the top leagues and the players that really are making million dollar contracts. You don't get to watch... And this is especially true in American sports. You don't get to watch lower division professionals. You only watch, I mean, the NFL and NBA don't have lower division in America. Like it's NBA and NFL. And then you go off to these rinky dink, like arena leagues and stuff like that. And those aren't connected to those leagues. So it's not even like European football. Yeah. And without promotion relegation, it's hard to see like kind of the, the path. Like if you are playing in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even the, uh, was it USSL is the second division in the States? US, or USL pro and USL championship Champ or something yeah, like yeah. that. So like, or even if you're one, playing in, in those divisions, there's not like a clear path rather than just switching teams. Right. Um, mm -hmm. because, or I, I know like the MLS has, um, plans to add even more teams. Um, but you know, you either have to be on one of those teams that's teams that's added or sign, uh, to another team. Uh, you can't just like get promoted, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like getting promoted in England or Italy or, um, Spain, uh, is easy, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's there, it's something that could happen. Um, and yeah, I think like, um, especially in the States, uh, they're without, without that clear path to the, you know, the first division, um, even in soccer, um, it's, it's tough, but going back to what I said before, like, I think everyone thinks they're, you know, exceptional. Everyone thinks they're the, the 1% that's, that's going to make it. And, you know, that's, that's natural. We, you know, it's and good 1 to believe a little yourself. too high. Yeah. It's point more 1%, like the, yeah. yeah. But point zero one percent right. Cause one percent's one in a hundred probably one in i think it's the top one percent of one percent that even make it to the yeah. pro make playing peanuts yeah, yeah <laughs> it's the top one percent of the top one percent of the top one percent that make it to the premier league or la liga that's a lot of math yeah 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 <laughs> noblitz is a smart guy um <laughs> and we, we got four of them right here huh so what are the odds damn damn yeah uh <laughs> 
<laughs> still not good. Um, but yeah, you know, everything's there. Everyone thinks they're going to, you know, win the lottery or whatever. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I really do think it, uh, we've talked about this so much, but it should, you should be in it for the love of the game because the money probably isn't there for you. Uh, but I think that playing at the highest level you can play at is a good goal to have. Um, and whether that's college or, you know, USL or, you know, just playing amateur soccer, um, at a, at a high level. Um, I think that's a good goal. And then from there, you know, you don't like, you get to 20, you're not professional yet. You don't have to give up because you can play at a higher level. Even if it's not professional, you get to 25. If you still love the game and you still want to play, I think you should still play. Even if you're not, um, you know, even if you're not going to end up playing professionally, I think that, you know, obviously if you love the game, you should, you should play it. Um, yeah. Anything else we have to say on uh, yeah, know, that I kind of perspective, thing, which is a big stereotype in going pro and like soccer is that you can go pro at any age. Like the cutoff is not 18 years old, which is what I, I have seen from my experience. Obviously, as you get older, it does become harder. But you can go pro at 25, at 26, at 27, at 28. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, yeah. So yeah. many examples, right? Like, didn't Drogba not have his first, like, his debut until 26 He's in his 20s, something? yeah. And, I mean, Vardy, Maybe obviously, is the up, super but, obvious yeah. one. And, like, I just think, like, look at someone like, um, like, I know, obviously, um, this is uh, kind of a different perspective on it, but look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, who's playing it, you know, obviously let, let's forget about yesterday, um, but he's playing. <laughs> let's not was forget when they about lost. yesterday. That was a great, <laughs> actually he scored a good goal. That was yeah, a good I thought, goal. I thought that was a legal goal as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, like, maybe it was uh slightly off sides like it was just there or thereabouts but like obviously um they didn't like stop play like the defenders were yeah. defending him and he still did that like and he's been solid at manchester I mean, I he's been every, great he's 36 I have every reason to want it not to count and it was good <laughs> yeah true uh he's 36 like uh how old is zlatan like how old are 40. these players he's what? 40 he's 40, 40. yeah like people like there are athletes who are playing, you know, well into their thirties. There's that Japanese guy who's playing in like the Japanese league. who's like 50, something, oh, yeah. 50 or something like what a, he's a savage. Yeah. He's like savage. there's, there's no reason that, um, obviously it gets harder as you get older and life probably gets in the way. Like maybe you have a family, you have a full-time job, like all of this stuff. But if you can keep playing, there's no reason that you can't go from playing, you know, amateur at 25 to playing semi-professional later in your 20s and, you know, sustain that for 10 years. There's no reason why that couldn't happen. And as I said, if you have the goal of just playing at the highest level you can, you don't ever have to give up. Um, you know, you can, you can keep going and just have that as your goal. And, you know, it just kind of takes the pressure off a little bit too. And yes, um, just wanted to add on that because at the lower level professionals, there oftentimes are a bunch of veteran players who are in their 30s or mid 30s that have bounced around several different teams in the league and the coaches I mean, keep bringing them back. So like it's not easy, obviously, and you have to have the talent and you also have to work to stay in shape. But like, yeah, there's there's several guys who are in their 35s or even early 40s, especially in the lower divisions, playing some sort of professional still to this day. Not all of them are young guns like SK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually, I wanted to uh, start with this, but we kind of just like dove uh, right in. So obviously, um, you know, who are we to give um, give anyone advice on, on this stuff? Um, so we can just like talk like very, very briefly touch on, you know, like what we, what we did. Um, so I played, uh, for an Academy in Greece and I played up to third division in Greece, uh, for a little while, um, played very briefly, 
um, at a division one school, uh, in college in the States. Uh, and then I went over to England and played in some lower, uh, lower leagues there. Obviously I had a couple injuries, um, ended up moving back to the States. Uh, and I've played, well, I've played in some amateur, uh, on some amateur teams here in the States at a decent level. Um, and, uh, and I'm playing again after my most recent injury. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes, but I'm 27 and, you know, like I haven't, um, you know, I haven't given up on playing yet. I still want to play at a high level and, uh, you know, compete every week, uh, that, you know, that's my goal. Um, so if we can kind of like touch on what, uh, what the rest of us are doing slash have done, uh, Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, so I was also playing in an academy in Greece. I was with the national team for a bit, U15, U16 of, uh, of Greece. I played over academy in the States for like a year and a half, Seacoast United. Uh, and then I went to England. I had some trials with, uh, with Stoke City and then a couple other uh, teams over there, like second, third, fourth division. Played some non-league moved over to Spain and uh, signed professionally with a third division team and then two fourth division teams. And uh, this year is my first year actually not playing. I'm just studying this year and sort of seeing what happens and seeing where I'm at uh, maybe by Christmas time. What are you studying by the way? I'm just curious to know. <laughs> just English, English major. Oh, at uni. That's cool. Yeah, so, yeah. English major in Spain. You know it. <laughs> Everyone like, asks you for do help. It. Everyone's asking you for help now. <laughs> hey, he is a tutor, right? I am. This is true. <laughs> Writing center, baby. No, nobody. Do you want to go, or should I go? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Uh, so, no, you won't. My, I'll consider it my adult playing career. Um, I, I first right out of high school, I went to a NAA. NAIA college for two years and then after that I basically started just going to regular college but I kept wanting to play so like I tried like so I sent emails and stuff all to all sorts of lower level professional We've or been there semi-pro teams I ended up also doing several different freestyle soccer tours like with Burger King and did commercials with several other groups and then i managed to get a tryout with a professional arena soccer league team louisville lightning and i ended up making their reserves and then i was with the reserves for like a few games um i managed to impress the coach for the detroit waza who was in the first division and i went up there and yeah Yeah, the name's kind of funny, but the I went up there and got to train with them, and I got put into a U.S. Open Cup match, and I scored two goals on my debut, so they ended up keeping me on. And so I played with them for about two years, and yeah, it was fun. Nice. All right, so my resume isn't as good as you guys, obviously. <laughs> uh, I played a... Uh... For the last four years, I think, or three years, I played at FC Durham, which is like the second best ranked youth team in Canada from 2019 to 2020. And then from there, COVID came, so I made the move to university. Uh, And this university, I think they had four players going pro abroad last year. And then, and yeah, that's where I'm currently playing at, and that's where I will be playing at for the next four years. Nice. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah. So obviously a mix of, you know, different, different experiences, but you know, we've all played at a high level, um, made, made some, uh, some money doing it. Um, probably not, uh, SK yet. He'll make, he'll make more money than all of us combined probably, uh, over the next, well, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, when I the make podcast my, is money's coming. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. When I, when I sign my, my next professional contract at the, at the ripe old age of uh, 42. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, um, go, go, 
go sign up on Christo's Patreon, everyone who's listening, so that we can afford some food for this week, you know. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. we're all gonna starve. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about how the you know um, it's kind of in the same vein that we were talking about before, but um, a lot of people think that um, you know you take giant leaps forward every year. Um, and it's really not like that. Um, the, the path to pro is it's a lot of small steps. Um, you know, you play at a good youth team, um, you find a, you know, an adult team to play for that's amateur, you play semi-professionally, like you're not going pro, um, you know, right out of, you know, some players do take giant leaps, but for, for most of us, it's going to be really, really small steps. Sometimes you'll even take step steps backwards. Um, I know I have within, you know, with injuries and, uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's, it's very important, um, to, like I said, again, not have unrealistic expectations, um, and, you know, stay the course, stay consistent, um, and take those small steps because over years and years, uh, you know, you can get there, but it's not going to happen in a year. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you're not going to be playing for Real Madrid tomorrow. Uh, um, you know, it's, it takes a long time and a lot of hard work and you got to put those years in, uh, and, and pay your dues, no matter how good a player you are. Very true. Uh, I think, um, what I was thinking about it is that for me, the plan like the planning of going pro is actually pretty simple, right? In its most basic terms, you just play for a team, you go into starting 11, you become the best player in that team, and then you move on to another team, and then you keep doing that until you're pro. I mean, there's obviously setbacks and challenges. Like Coach Christoph said, you might be going back and forth between injuries and stuff. But I think the main part where players get confused is mainly the execution of going pro, like becoming the best player in your team and then going to another team. Yeah. And like getting, getting frustrated, uh, because you're not there yet when like, if you're not the best player on your amateur team, or if you're not the best player on your youth team, um, you know, or your amateur team, semi-professional team, like, of course, like the teams in the league above you are looking for the best players from the teams underneath them. It's not like necessarily that you have to be the best player to start thinking about moving up, but probably have to be in the starting 11 probably have to be one of the stronger players. You probably need to have better more than like three or four good games. You probably need to have a consistent season uh, before someone's, you know, looking to, uh, to take you. Um, So, you know, it's not uh, it's, it's, it it really is exactly like SK said, like, you know, you play for a team, become the best play for another team, become the best and, and move your way up slowly. Yeah, and even that can be a very nonlinear progress for many players. I mean, I think we've all had the experience of being on a team where we just didn't fit into the coach's plans, even if we felt we were one of the best, if not the best players on the team. And it just – so, I mean, you have to be patient, and you have to find, even when you're beginning in that lower-level amateur level, an amateur team that works for you – and will allow you to actually be able to get minutes to be able to show what you're capable of doing. So you have that chance of standing out to someone at a higher level where you can potentially play at the professional level. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I've, I've been on like good teams where I was, you know, where it wasn't quite clicking um, and had to, you know, drop down a division to play for another team, to play for a coach who believed in me, who would, you know, give, give me a chance. Um, and then, you know, done, done really, really well at that level. Like, I don't think, um, you know, being, uh, the, the higher the division you're playing in, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a better situation for you, especially when you're a younger player. Um, you know, obviously, um, money can come into it when you're a little bit older, uh, but when you're a younger player, always take the better opportunity. Like I would much rather, you know, make, well, obviously, um, you know, you have to, you have to kind of bet on yourself um, and even 
you know, like take, take the opportunity to play, take the opportunity to play for a team that, um, you know, will, will support you rather than, you know, taking the, the higher division, more prestige or even more money. Um, you know, because it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Uh, you can't just, you know, s- sprint your way to the top. Cause it's, it's going to take years. Um, you know, you have to be careful with the, with the steps you take, uh, even if they are, are small steps, you know? Um, I wanted to touch on this because I kind of brought it up before about like, you know, being the best player on your team and then, um, like waiting to get seen by somebody. Don't do that. Obviously be the best player on your team, but don't wait for someone to see you. (laughs) Noblet talked about sending out emails, you know, you need to have a resume highlight video, and you need to be reaching out to teams all the time, pretty much. If going pro is your goal, even if you have a team and you're happy at that team, you should be looking, you should be seeing if there are better options out there um, and updating your resume and your highlight video while you go. And I would say that this even goes for people that are trying to go the college route too, because I was sending out emails to coaches when I was 15 years old. And I sent emails out from everything from the NAIA, D3, D2, D1, every single one of them. Now, one of the cool things is is NAIA and D2 teams will actually let you go train with them. So that's how I actually ended up on the college team. That's playing for was is that the coach just said, okay, come train with us. And then I played well with the team as a 16 year old. So I ended up basically being committed before I even started my senior year of high school. And that's the only real way that you can approach trying to find a team unless you're literally just a standout on one of the big college teams or something like that is no one you're not getting thrown into the draft unless you're just one of the top guys in NCAA D1. You have to shop for your team yourself and put yourself out there. They're not just going to see you. So you have to make yourself be seen. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and like I said, like get putting a resume together is super easy, but most players don't have a resume. Um, Like do it as you go. You're not going to like, having to like sit down and think, okay, how many games did I play this year? How many goals (laughs) did I score? How many times did I start? Like, don't do that. Just do it as you go. Every game you play in, add that, uh, add that game in every goal you score, assist, whatever, any stats you can get for goalkeepers, like clean sheets, even for defenders, clean sheets can be a a good thing. Um, you know, you should be tracking this stuff. I had those on my resume. Yeah. When were you a defender? (laughs) Clean sheets, dude. Center oh. back in Spain. Man. Oh, just now in Spain. Always a center back. And also, also contacts <laughs> from right coaches back. that you've worked with that will give you a good yeah, recommendation. Sure, sure. I mean, that worked a lot for me is because I had good coaches who they could call, and some of them would say, "Yeah, he's a good player. You can sign him." And you just put a lot of people overlook that. <laughs> You just put the number to Burger King at the very bottom of your, (laughs) you know, call them. I did a commercial. The king. The king. (laughs) The king. Uh, Oh, a quick little tip. I wouldn't uh, add in into networking and stuff. I think LinkedIn is a great place to network, especially for college or even pro levels. I actually almost got a, almost committed to a D2 school. Unfortunately, it was in the U.S. and because of COVID, it didn't happen. But yeah, for young players, I think LinkedIn could be a great tool to make uh, connections. Yeah, LinkedIn is is definitely like my my go to for that kind of stuff. Like I got a lot of trials in the UK through LinkedIn and other social media. Like you know, it's because LinkedIn is like a professional platform. You can like yeah. find like the coach for you know Macclesfield Town or whatever it is. You know, rather rather than like trying to like figure out what his name is and search it on like Facebook or Instagram or whatever. (laughs) And then it's like, yeah, I know it's like, his like private, you know, Instagram profile where he doesn't want to like read messages. Like, like all his pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's (laughs) just not smiley face. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the right, it's not the right platform to be reaching out to, to coaches. Um, You know, it, 
I think making a LinkedIn profile, I think you have to be 16 to make a LinkedIn profile, but you probably don't need to worry about this stuff before that anyway. So I I think making a LinkedIn profile is, um, is really uh, a smart thing to do. Um, along with, uh, you know, and you can upload your resume there. Um, and then the, the importance of a highlight video, um, I I think like really can't be, um, overstated, like coaches want to see you play and it's not always possible, especially if you're in the States for colleges, it might be possible, but for, um, if you want to try to go overseas for trials, you need a highlight video, like, you know, no team is going to take a chance. No, like halfway decent team is going to take a chance on a player without having seen them play, even just in clips. Uh, I know clips aren't like, you know, representative of how you play in a full game, but you need to get some decent clips mm-hmm. together. Um, and, and a highlight video is just super important. And make sure you have a really, really good song in the background, <laughs> probably like a trending rap song. And it's really Oh my God. Just, I yeah, have just really I loud have... and lots of swear words. <laughs> yeah. Just everything. The I more have... the better, honestly. I, I'll tell you the worst of the worst for highlight videos because I have a player send I'm me a lot of hitting everybody. So I did, I, I had a, uh, someone email me uh, a highlight video. <laughs> and literally the first like 10 words in the song the song is on like full blast too uh and in the first like 10 words five of them were the n-word like and i was just like what like i will sit i literally messaged him right then and i said i will sit through this video but i am muting it and another coach will not so get this song out of here no words i don't trust you enough to put words in this song an instrumental, like upbeat, smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's actually what I did for my. I mean, that's like, the stuff, stuff. You know, I think like uh, literally just type in like uh, Champions League theme. How cool would that <laughs> be? Actually? Actually. Oh, that would instrumental, be sick. Dude. Instrumental um, sports background music or something, like or like hype music or something on YouTube and like non. Uh, non-copyrighted or whatever um and you'll find a good song the other nightmare that i had for a highlight video is player sent me a highlight video it was like 12 minutes long which is way too long but the first two minutes all right were a penalty that he didn't win and him stepping up to take the penalty and he didn't take the penalty until two minutes in the video and I watched oh, and I was just stuff. like, oh my God, man, like two minute, like you've already lost the coach. He's not watching past 30, yeah. like 13 seconds yeah. of this. You, uh, you need your best highlight in the very beginning. So if you like score a bicycle kick, that's the first highlight. Yeah. 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 I know that's not how you make a compilation on YouTube and you say that a little <laughs> bit more towards the end, but like your highlight video needs to be, if you score some goals or you beat someone spectacularly one to one, make some great passes those should be in the first 30 seconds of the video. And then your maybe less impressive plays that needed to make the highlight film. Those come later. Like you can have a 10 minute video in my opinion. It's just the first three minutes need to be fire. And Mm -hmm. if you can keep it up for 10 minutes, wonderful, but it, you don't have to because most of them are only going to watch three minutes unless they just think you're incredible and just really, really want to watch it. And even then I'd be done at three minutes because I don't have time, you know, like, and, and like a coach who's recruiting players will have even less time than me. Like they'll watch the first three minutes. Okay. He's good. I didn't need to watch the next seven. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's uh, a busy man. huh? (laughs) I I have this week, maybe next week will be busy for me. Then I think I'll have a little bit of downtime, but not right now. So in two weeks, everybody send Coach Christo all your highlight tapes. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. And I'll watch them all. Starting with hour-long videos, full game footage. And yeah. Ama- just, yeah, just amazing music. Yeah. And uh, if you like, self-perform the music, even better. Oh, that would be good. Or you could even make it karaoke so the coach can sing along oh, yeah. as he watches. Nice. <laughs> 
Um, and like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can't get highlights. I can't have someone film my games. I don't have a camera. If you have an iPhone, you're fine. Like, you know, you can, and you can find someone, you can find one of your parents or a friend, yeah, a friend. or something. You can even pay them like 20 Friends, bucks parents. to, and yeah, if you're to even film. in a rough patch, film a training session yeah, because true. like, I actually did that because like, I didn't have someone to film for me. I mean, I didn't have any of these things. So I basically set up my camera and I set up everything. And I was like, I'm going to show him I'm the best damn dribbler there is. Yeah. And showed that I had the technical abilities. I mean, if you're fast, you can show yourself sprinting and they're going to say, Oh crap, this guy's fast. Or even you give really you like good... 60 yard dash yeah, exactly. time or like, something. Right? If you could get... Yeah. If you can record your, 60 or 40 yard dash you get your vertical jump and all these things i mean it's a little bit more american style but i mean let's face it like if you got a guy who's fast as lightning and can jump really high coach is gonna be like, oh this guy's like cristiano ronaldo yeah and if he I can mean, take a touch great. then you're you're yeah set. yeah exactly <laughs> just don't be usain bolt who's yeah. one of his teammates described him of having the touch of a trampoline <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um yeah, definitely. So obviously highlight video and resume, I think those are like a must. And then obviously even more important than this, uh, you know, probably than anything we've said so far, uh, although we kind of mentioned it, um, is having connections and building connections. You know, most most players um, get opportunities to trial for professional teams or semi-professional teams or just teams at a higher level through coaches that they've worked for. Um, and occasionally, although obviously less often, um, players that they've played with, um, that's, what's really going to get you, you know, to the, to the next level. Um, so it's important to build relationships with your coaches where possible, not always possible, but if you can, you should do it. Um, and other coaches as well. Um, and this yeah, the, obviously, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. No, I was just going to say the last team that I signed for, it was because my friend from the team that I was on previously, uh, we were both going to leave at the end of the year and he was really good friends with the athletic director of the team that I signed for. And he knew they needed a right back that I was playing at the time. And he was like, I told them all about you. He wants to call you, wants to talk to you. And that's how I signed. So just, even with your teammates, with your coaches, with everyone, with the, the kit man who puts the kit out before the games, the, you know, the athletic director of the team, everyone plays a, plays a big role. So it, connections. Like in any type of job or anything like that, yeah. networking is probably one of the most important aspects in how you get a job. I mean, for getting in, onto a team that will do far more than, and many times you're even playing ability, which is kind of amazing to think about. But if you have somebody who says, yeah, this is the guy you want, you should sign him. That coach is going to, if he's, if you go to like a tryout or a trial or something and say, there's like 10 other guys there, the ones that went to that and the coach was told by their contact, watch him are probably 90% more likely to get picked than the ones that were just there on their own doing and didn't have that contact. So any networking you can, that's much, much better than not doing it. Yeah. And like the, I see a lot of young players and we talk about like how, like having this, like the grind mentality is kind of not the way to go. Obviously you have to work incredibly hard but like uh yeah, the motto for the, the podcast um rise at one o'clock in the afternoon and grind um <laughs> but um you know like uh i see or i obviously i played in england for a long time um and before that uh i was in greece and um you know playing at levels where people would be like, oh, everything is super professional. Everyone is, you know, uh, taking care of themselves, doing this, doing that. But like, you know, at the on on my team in the third division in Greece, when we um, when we got promoted to the third division, you know, everyone was uh, taking shots and you know smoking cigars in the locker room after the game, and like, you know, you need to be part of that. 
like you don't need, I'm not saying that you need to smoke or you need to drink, but like in England, everyone always goes to the pub after their games, even if you're playing at a decent level. Like um, I wasn't playing at the conference level, but you know, a couple steps below that, like that's what they do. And conference level, I'm sure it's, you know, pretty much the same. And you should go, you need to be a part of your team, right? Like I would go to the pub and I'd have a soda or I'd have a water because I don't like drinking that much. Um, but you need to be part of your team. You can't, uh, kind of isolate yourself and then expect to build connections. You need to have a relationship with your coach. You need to have a relationship with your teammates. If you don't, you're not setting yourself up for success in the same way that you could be. Yeah. And if I can add on to that, building connections is important, but also keeping them, you know, like, uh, I remember like a couple of times I would just hit up my coach and see like, what's up with him. How's everything going? Cause it, it's good to build connections, but if you don't keep up, but like, if you don't check up, check up on them or stuff like that, then you kind of lose them and they kind of forget about you. So I think like, keeping those connections and staying up to date with them is very important too. hundred percent. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to add, but now I, I forgot it and I didn't write it down. Coach Christo, <laughs> you're letting us all down. Always be prepared. Us. Whenever you do things, have a list of, things that you want to do first make sure that you're prepared and organized to do it and yeah. follow the example of the really good players like myself dimitri and sk <laughs> true um i do have a list yeah so um any other uh any other things that uh you guys have kind of used or uh or thought about actually um, wanted your opinion on something all of you uh which is going to college even though you want to make it pro so in my opinion i think it uh, matt sheldon said this i think he said if you think you need those four years to develop as a player to either go abroad or just go pro uh, i think it's a great choice for you but yeah i just wanted your opinion on that actually that that reminded me of what i was going to say so it's perfect matt sheldon get on the podcast and we can have these discussions yeah Yeah. true so um yeah, go ahead. No, but so my my if if you're listening to this in the United States, going to college probably is the best path to professional in America because that's how most of the pro teams look at players is through the college game. Then maybe you play in whatever the top amateur league is in, in the summer when you can do both because their seasons are opposite yeah. of each other, but really in the United States, that's how it works is you're supposed to play professional for three, two, three, four years. And then you go into playing, I mean, post play college for two, three, four years, then you go into playing (laughs) professional. And that's a very, very different culture than it is in Europe to where you're trying to look to play for a semi-pro amateur or pro team straight out of high school. But I think that you do need to at least consider going that option because that is where the coaches are looking in America. They're not, I, my experience was, is that most of the pro teams that I was trying to get on, if you weren't D one, it was really hard to get a second look, even if you were D one level. And that was in many ways, my situation, because when I was trying to play pro indoor, like, I had friends who were playing division one college soccer and I played like pickup with them and I was easily the same level better than probably most of them. But one of my friends got drafted in the MLS because he was a D one player and where I'm begging for tryouts and trials because I wasn't on a D one team. So I think it is something that you should do if you're in the United States, if you're outside of the United States, you should probably try to get on a lower division team first and work your way up that way. Yeah, I um, slightly disagree. Um, and I'll touch on what I was, um, what SK Uh-oh. reminded me of first. Um, I disagree vehemently. Um, let's get some <laughs> drama. All right. And so, kick no and kick no blood out of the room. <laughs> first off, uh, and this is something I've talked about before, I think that playing men's soccer 
is important for younger players. I started playing men's soccer when I was 15, 16. Um, I was playing with 20, 25, 30, 35 uh, year old players. Um, and I had to, I had to grow up real quick in the U S I regularly see players who are 18, 19, 20, 22, who have aspirations to go pro and have never played with players more than like three or four years older than them. Um, and there are opportunities to play men's soccer, maybe not every week, but even when you're in high school, you can find men's leagues to play for on the weekend. Um, you know, amateur teams, you're allowed to do it. Um, and I think it's important um, because the step from going from, you know, playing uh, in like high school where you are like 14, maybe. And you're, if you're really good, you're playing on varsity, you're playing with 18 year olds, obviously that like, it's a big gap, but it is not even close to what you will experience when you're, when you start playing men's soccer and you're playing with 25, 30, 35 year olds who have been playing for so long, um, and are just so much better than you. Um, it's not comparable in my opinion. Um, so play with men, even if it's just pickup games, if you can find high level, uh, men's, uh, or like high level compared to what you are, uh, men's games or training sessions that you can be a part of. I think that is just so beneficial. Now talking about college, college is a path to pro. Um, it can be, but in my opinion, it should not be your first option. If you really want to play at the highest level that you can. Now, if you want to play in college, um, often if you can get a decent scholarship, it will be more worth it than the money that you will make going pro. Um, so if you can get a full ride to a U.S. college, that could be worth like 50K a year. You're not making 50K a year playing professionally in your first couple seasons. So that's a like a kind of a different perspective on it, but like getting a college education is like, I know I see people talk like college is pointless, blah, blah, blah. Having a college degree is worth it. It is very important. Um, it helps you make money, uh, later on in life, obviously, uh, you know, and it's, it's worth, uh, it's worth money. Um, and if you can get a full ride that way, uh, by playing sports, maybe, college talk is, is, uh, is worth it for you. If you want to play, if your number one goal and you're not willing to compromise on this at all is to play at the highest level that you can play. I think that when you're 16, 17, that's when you start reaching out, probably not to lower, uh, league teams in the United States because they probably won't, you know, consider you or look at you, although you can and see what happens. But if you can get yourself abroad for trials, reach out to lower division teams in England. Uh, England's obviously a good one because you, there's no language barrier. Uh, but even in Germany, Spain, you know, wherever else, um, because if you have the means to go over there and do some trials, I think that starting to play men in a men's league, even if it's like eighth division in England or eighth division in Germany or something, if you can get that opportunity, I think that will be more worth it than going to college uh, in the States. One, because of what I said, that I think playing with men is very, very important. Um, and then also because the path from the eighth division in England to the seventh, sixth, fifth, fourth division in England is a lot clearer than going from college to playing professionally. Now, um, obviously, it's not necessarily going to be easier, but I think the path is clearer. And I think that you should do both. You should explore your college options, but you should also make sure that you're reaching out to amateur and semi-professional teams, even professional teams or, or academies in other countries while you pursue college. It's not that hard. You get the emails, you send the same email pretty much. Um, reach out to more teams than you need to, more teams than you think you need to. Uh, and that should include college teams, but it should also include, uh, you know, probably the most realistic goal would be like semi-professional teams in, in Europe, um, maybe, or I don't know, even the United States. That's my opinion. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I think the 
big thing there is your ability to get yourself get overseas, yeah. which that weeds out a lot of people, including myself Definitely. when I was in high school. Um, but yeah, like if you have the opportunity, like I actually agree with Crusoe, like you're probably have a better chance of making it to a higher level plug of pro by going and playing either semi-pro or top level amateur in another country because let's face it a lot of those leagues are even better than d1 college and that's where the pro teams in those countries are scouting from now the only reason i mentioned college is because in the united states we don't have that developed lower livid lower division professional now the whole playing with men thing I played in a men's league my senior year of high school, um, and I played in multiple men's leagues during the summer while I was playing in college and all these things. So, yeah, like play with experienced players, play with players that are better than you, if at all possible, and that's how you'll get better. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, and I understand, like, you know, if you don't have the means to get yourself overseas, obviously it's really tricky. One thing that um, I um, that I know a lot of players kind of don't want to hear. Um, but it's like, if you're going to go to college in the States, (laughs) maybe try going to college in like England or something first and go to a city where you've contacted a ton of teams and you set up a ton of trials, um, and try going to college over there for a year. Um, and, and set up those trials, get on a team, um, and, go to college as well. Uh, it's a, it's a good way to like, um, figure out getting the means, not that it's necessarily going to be, um, less expensive, but you know, you're probably paying for college, um, in the States anyway, college in other countries, even as an American citizen, um, is often not as expensive. Um, and go to Norway. um, It's free. Even for international students. Even for international students? Yes, it's so free, free even for international students. Is it hard to get into to colleges over there? Or is it like just... I, I, I don't know the process, but I remember it is legitimately free. Now, like some of the... No, the Scandinavian countries have it just amazing with education. I mean, yeah. Denmark, you get a stipend to go to college. Yeah, I mean, like, like I'm so pretty sure... You, a little... Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get like student loans to go, you know abroad for college i don't see why you uh wouldn't be able to or like in that country uh you'd definitely be able to get uh student loans to go to college and and live there and pursue playing professionally at the same time uh you know obviously people don't really you know want to be put in that situation but you're probably like if you're having to take student loans out to go to college in the uk for example you're probably going to have to do the same thing to go to college in the states unless you get a huge scholarship right so uh you know it's just something to think about and that way you can you know try it for a year or two uh see how it goes and then if you if you end up coming back to the states afterwards you know uh at least you were doing something over there at least you were working towards getting your degree you weren't just you know over there also like the life of someone playing professionally, it's not like you're training 24 seven, like you have time to go to school, even if it's part-time, you definitely have time to go to school. Sure. That's, that's what I was doing when I was over here in Spain and we were trained most days for a couple hours and I go to the gym most days for like an hour or so. And then I was still studying part-time. So if I can do it. (laughs) Yeah. And having like having something to fall back on is, is really, really important. We talked about how professional athletes, most of them don't make that much money. Like, I don't think having a plan B detracts from your, your plan a. Uh, and I think that the idea of like going all in, um, and if you don't make it, you're screwed is wrong because, um, not only is it like, you're probably going to get screwed, but also I think there's added pressure there. So, you know, if, if you don't go pro, you're going to be broken, homeless, like, Oh my God what happens if I mess up? I'm going to be broken homeless. I'm like, what is going like, I'm so stressed about this instead. Like, Oh, I'm going to school as well. I have something to fall back on. Uh, or I have a job. Uh, I have something to fall back on. I think, um, you know, makes that pressure less. Yeah. I mean, as, as the man, the myth, the legend, Carlos Alberto, one of the number five pickleball champions in all of Spain has told me 
uh, it's important to have a life outside of soccer too, you know, um, because then especially if things aren't going well with soccer, everything's going badly in your life, you know, because soccer is everything. So, but if you, if you have like a good, like friends, fan base, you can talk about things other than soccer. You can go do other things, not just play soccer. Then it's a lot smoother of a, of a ride. So hundred percent. I think that's uh, words of wisdom. Yeah. That's, I'm going to steal that uh, for a TikTok. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that that pretty much, uh, you know, sums it up. Uh, anyone have anything they want to add uh, right here at the end? I just got to oh, go work your on my application. To- yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you uh, obviously uh, it's not easy, but um if you're listening to this podcast, we all believe in you uh, and, you know, uh, here to support you as well. You can uh, obviously I'll put our uh, links to our social media in the description. Um, I'm sure we respond to DMS when we can. Uh, I know I have 50 oh, yeah. unread DMS on my Instagram page, um, which is super stressful for me. Uh, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, 49 of them are from me. True. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other one's mine. <laughs> Quick no, shout out to meme. Uh, if you sub to Patreon, you can watch the podcast two days early. Uh, also have improving always merch. I'm wearing the, the tie dye shirt uh, right now. I just came out with beanies as well. Um, so I did a, a sample cold, order of those. So, so I can make sure. Beanies. Yeah. So I can make sure those are good and then uh, um, roll those out, maybe do some giveaways. Um, so yeah, make sure you sub to the YouTube channel. We also, uh, this podcast will be on Spotify, Apple podcasts, um, and a couple other places. Um, we're on Spotify yeah, and Apple now that's big time. We're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're, we're um, the real, I got deal. some email that was like, you are the 50th most watched soccer sports podcast yes. or most listened to on like, I think it was like Apple or something. I guess like there's like 50 podcasts about it. So oh, it's like, man, we're climbing. <laughs> but hey, like, hey, it's, uh, it's the, we're path, top, it's we're the top pathway 50. to pro. We're top I forget 50. what the email was exactly, but it, like it made it sound like super official. I was like, there's no way this means anything. We're top all right. 50 um, in the most to, popular sport in the world. We go to 49. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. We'll be back next week uh, with another fire topic. Um, and yeah, that's the podcast. Peace.